The title is actually important today, A Little Bit of Oil, A Whole Lot of Faith. A Little Bit of Oil, A Whole Lot of Faith. And so let's turn in the Word of God to 2 Kings chapter 4. We are going to start with verses 1 and 2 out of the King James this morning. <clears throat> Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto my sons, my two sons, to be bondmen. Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thy handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil, a little bit of oil. Darrell Bell shows this. He says, Fred Craddock, in an address to ministers, caught the practical implications of consecration. To give my life for Christ appears glorious, he said. To pour myself out for others, to pay the ultimate price of martyrdom, I'll do it. I'm ready, Lord, to go out in a blaze of glory. We think giving our all to the Lord is like taking a $1,000 bill and laying it on the table. Here's my life, Lord, I'm giving it all. But the reality for most of us is that he sends us to the bank and has us cash in the $1,000 for quarters. And we go through life putting out 25 cents here and 50 cents there. Listen to the neighbor's kids' troubles instead of saying get lost. <laughs> go to a committee meeting. Give up a cup of water to a shaky old man in a nursing home. Usually, giving our life to Christ isn't glorious. It's done in all those little acts of love, 25 cents at a time. It would be easy to go out in a flash of glory. It's harder to live the Christian life little by little over the long haul. That's a pretty good point in it, right? We can get motivated, encouraged, inspired to say, I'm going to give everything, and I hope that you give everything to the Lord every morning. You say, take everything from me. But it's so interesting to me that most of the time what the Lord needs for you is to just obey him today. It may be doing the dishes. It may be making the bed. It may be visiting somebody in the nursing home or in the jail. It may be helping somebody with their car stuck. And in those opportunities that we've even mentioned as prayer requests today, the Lord opens up doors for us to tell about the love of Christ. And that's the 25 cents at a time. What I want to challenge you today is even if you think you only got a little bit, you need to give the whole bit to the Lord and then obey him. And I'm being challenged the same way. I think the Lord is wanting so much to expand our faith. I keep using the word miracle. And I'm not going to call the miracle. It's not like, oh, I want this to happen. Lord, this is the miracle. You make it happen. I want the Lord to let us know what the miracle is. He did that so clearly to me in Big Mike. Big Mike was a miracle, walking. And God did it, and he demonstrated it, and then we proclaimed it, right? And I think God wants to do some more miracles in our midst but we need to be asking for wisdom, and then when the Lord reveals what he's doing, we need to declare his name in the miracle. But we got to have faith to see it and to follow up on it. And today we're going to learn from this uh, little widow woman here about her incredible faith, and I hope you'll be encouraged. First, let's look at some desperate circumstances. Go back to verse 1, 2 Kings chapter 4, <clears throat> this time from the NIV. The Word of God says this. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, 
Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditors coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. I want you guys to try to understand the circumstances in this situation. Who is this widow? What is her situation? She's a widow of someone from the company of the prophets. Somebody who feared the Lord, that was her husband. She's speaking to Elisha, who's also a prophet, trying to get some sympathy and hopefully some help. Now, she's in kind of already, that's a bad enough thing already, isn't it, right? It's hard enough to be a widow, isn't it? Hard enough to be alone. But in our culture, uh, most women still have an opportunity that they could go if they have to and provide for themselves, right? In this culture, it's highly unlikely that she would have any opportunity to provide for herself. But thankfully, she has what? She's got two boys, right? Two boys that can help get the job done. Two boys that are going to be able to help take care of the house. Two boys that hopefully can raise some sort of income. And yet they have another problem. This is some penology here, but the mortgage has come due, right? And they can't pay. Now, I'm glad we don't live in this culture. (laughs) What happens if you can't pay your bills in the time that we're speaking of here? You become an indentured servant, a bond servant, another term for it. You become a slave, and basically, you have to go work for that person until you pay off your debts. But what's that going to do for the widow woman? First off, it's not going to help her find any food or provision at all, right? She's also going to probably lose her house, right? But most importantly, what's she going to lose? Her two sons, her children. It's one thing to lose your house. That's to be a terrible thing. It's another thing to not have enough income to feel like you can't eat. But to think that your only two valuable things in your whole life are going to be taken from you, I can't imagine. She is desperate, wouldn't you say, right? And what I would share, I know you guys have heard me share this many times. We had a series way back, many years ago, and they said, come up with one prayer. What is your one prayer? What would your one prayer be? And after talking and studying and praying and thinking, my prayer was, Lord, make us desperate. Because over and over in my life, it's the times that I've called out in desperation that I've seen God do the greatest things. And I think it's because then I'm not in the way anymore. And I say, God, I can't do it. You've got to do something. And I would put before you today that I think this widow woman, she is in that spot. And can I kind of be careful here this morning? I think there's a couple people in our church today that are pretty close to this spot. They're pretty desperate, and they need the Lord to intervene. And we need to be praying on their behalf that God would intervene, okay? So we see her circumstances. We see her fear. We see that even the legal system in Israel would not allow her to declare bankruptcy. She would have to give her sons as indentured servants. And then Elisha, what does he say to her? Tell me, how can I help you? And then what's this question? What do you have? And I want to ask you that today. What do you have? What do you have for the Lord? 
I know some of you, you got a lot. And don't be kidding me. <laughs> I've been to your house. We have a lot, don't we, most of us, right? What did this widow woman have? She got nothing but a little pot, and we believe it's probably a little jar of anointing oil, not like a big jar of cooking oil, but a little jar of anointing olive oil. But I want to remind you this morning that oftentimes faith starts with what you have. We so often see what we don't have, right? Oh, man, I wish I could preach like Billy Graham. Whenever he speaks, it's just like, oh, people just come flooding the altars. They're amazing. See, Paul does too. He wishes the same thing. All right, I do. I mean, that would be awesome. And I'll be like, well, I don't have that gift. Why don't I have that gift? And I, for me, if you hear my pity parties this morning, I just get so jealous of crazy Todd Fields because that man can about build or fix or repair or he's just amazing with his tools. I can't do any of that. This morning, usually I'm good at technology and I almost broke the Zoom camera for poor Roger today. So I'm having a day, all right? But sometimes we look around and we see everything that we don't have. I don't have, a, some of you be like, I don't have a degree in theology. I don't have this uh, incredible family heritage of Christians for years and years back. I don't have this you know, wonderful opportunity to have this skill set or this gift. I can't sing or I can't teach or I, I can't heal people like Sintel and Melissa and Casey do. I don't have those gifts. And we look at all the things we don't have, and the Lord asks you, what, what do you have? That's what I need. Are you hearing the Lord today? I love Brother Robert. He's not here today. I know it, it's killing him because the gifts that he had when he was younger were amazing. And it drives him crazy that we try to do stuff for him. And he's like, I could do that myself. <laughs> and he can't. But, but does he have something he can offer to God? Vicky already shared, when he's not even here, we just miss him in the room, right? What do you have to give? What can you offer to God? So the widow woman, she answers, nothing but a small jar of oil. Again, probably a, an anointing jar. And here's the thing. This little bitty jar of oil is about to change everything. Your thing that you think is nothing Maybe everything in the hands of the Lord. Amen? Well, look down if you would in verse 3. We're going to see the big ask. The big ask from Elisha. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. And don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. And pour oil into all the jars. And as each is filled, put it to one side. So what is her command? Go to your neighbors. How many of you love to go to your neighbors when you have a need? Right? I know the people in this room. You're some of the most stubborn people who will not let people help you. You're like, I could do that. We were ice fishing with Grandpa Penn. He's like, what, 75? And we have this whole heavy sled. We're walking half a mile. And Rick's like, let me carry that. No, I could do that. He would not let somebody help him. And most of the time, that's how we are, right? No, I got this on my own. I don't need the help. What does Elisha ask the widow woman to do? Go to your neighbors. Oh, I don't want to go to my neighbors. I can already see it. Like, she's probably already been through this. whole. they know I'm a widow. They already know I haven't had enough money. It's so embarrassing to admit to people when you think you failed, right? 
Because that's kind of a little bit what it is, right? Feeling like that? Maybe it's not a failure, but she feels like that, right? Here I'm in this spot. I'm, I'm going to lose my kids because I couldn't pay my bills because we weren't set up the right way. Oh, I don't, I don't want anybody to really know about this. Elijah says, go to your neighbors. I'm going to tell you today that God may be asking you to go to some people and go to some places that you're not real comfortable about going. But you need to obey him, right? Do what the Lord says. Go to your neighbors. Okay, okay. I'm sure she's having to process that. And then I love what he says. The NIV translation says, don't ask for just a few. Go get some jars. Can you imagine this? Hello. Hello, Susan. How are you doing? Um, I need some jars. Okay, you need some jars? Yeah, the bigger the better. Okay, do you need anything? No, they need to be empty. I just need all the empty jars you got. I would be embarrassed to do that at one house. What does Elisha say to the widow woman? Don't ask for what? Don't stop at a few. Don't just go to two houses. You need to go get the jars. Because what's Elisha know? He knows the God of Israel. He knows the God of Elijah. He knows what can happen. Go get a lot of jars. Don't ask for just a few. How many of us are asking for just a few from God? Man, the Lord just convicted me like crazy. Or can you just give me a little bit here? Could you just do a little thing? Elijah says, don't ask for just a few. I want to challenge you this morning. God is going to reward this woman according to her faith and her obedience in that faith. And she's going to have a big ask. And she's going to have big faith. And it's going to make God's name great. And it's going to change her life. And I'm telling each of us today, let's stop asking for little things and just getting a couple jars. When God says, go get some jars, let's get as many as we can, right? The amount of jars she gets will directly correspond to the Lord's provision in her life. You'll see this a little bit later, but these things, they go together. Also, I find this very interesting. Elisha says, when you get the jars, go inside, shut the door, and you pour the oil. Could Elisha have poured the oil? Yeah. You're the prophet, right? Come on, Elisha, why don't you just do your little thing? You pray, whatever you do. There it is, pay my bills, that'd be great. But how does the Lord work? Who needed to have the faith? She did. The Lord is going to put you all into situations that he'll never put me in. And I'm not supposed to come in and be the person that shares the gospel with your set of friends. That's your job. That's your area of growth. That's where the Lord wants to expand your faith and for you to see incredible reward. It's not the prophet's job. She has to pour the oil. And what an incredible thing that will be. What are you asking the Lord for? Are you going to get one or two jars, or are you going to go get a hundred? I don't know how many she got, but she got a lot. Ask, seek, and not, the scripture tells us. In James chapter 4, verse 2, what does it say? You do not have because what? Because you do not ask God. Later on it says, in the things you do ask for, you ask amiss. So you can consume it upon your lusts, your pleasures, your passions. We don't have because we don't. I promise you that for many of us, the reason we don't have what God wants to do is because we just don't ask. Because we're like, I'll, I'll just do it myself. I'll just do it myself. I'm begging us all today. Ask the Lord. This silly little piece of paper. Write down something on there in that little your own thing column. Go get a lot of jars and ask the Lord to do something. All right? Ask him. Ask him. 
The act of faith here is to do what? What does she have to do? She's got to start pouring oil. Again, now just think about this for a second. When you think about it, it just like makes no sense, right? Okay, I went to all my neighbors. All the, the boys have been dragging all these jars in the house. There's just jars everywhere in the house. And we got this little bitty jar, little bitty cup, got a little olive oil in it. And I'm supposed to start pouring it and filling the jars in the house. But what are some of you already thinking? I don't know how this is going to work. If you'll tell me how it's going to work, then maybe I'll try it. Maybe I'll do it. Once I know how the end's going to happen, what will take place, then maybe I'll do it. And that how we are with the Lord so much, right? The Lord tells you to do something. He says, go to India. And you're like, well, I need to know how this is going to work. <laughs> the Lord may just be telling you to go next door to your neighbor so you can share the gospel with them. You're like, I got to know how this is going to come together. What a powerful thing. This woman, she doesn't, that we know, we don't see her question, we just see that she obeys. Again, so many times, I don't understand, I don't know how it will work, I don't think I can do this till I have all the answers. If you guys look in the next chapter, you'll see the story of Damon and what's his deal. Elisha then says, just go dip in the Jordan seven times and you'll be cleansed. I don't know, the Jordan is nasty. How about my rivers, Karfar? Let's go back to Assyria. The water's a lot better there. <laughs> do what the Lord tells you to do. Another thing here I think is really interesting, the jars needed to be empty. And hear me out this morning. I think you can grab hold of this. We need some empty jars because empty jars can be filled. Hello? That's the desperate thing I'm talking about. When we think we're okay, we don't seem to need the Lord as much. We, our faith is, I think our faith shrinks according to our prosperity. And we need a little bit of some empty jars, so we will really depend on the Lord. The way I worded it here is we need to be completely surrendered and completely desperate, not sort of surrendered and not kind of hungry, but like Paul said, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection I want to know the fellowship of his sufferings. Everything I've done is dung, right? We did that for like two weeks in a row. I want to know him. Not that I've already attained, but I press forward toward the mark, toward the goal. I want to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I want that more than anything. And until we get some of the stuff and get our jars empty, we don't get that kind of desperate. Well, let's look at the miracle in verse 5. She left him, she shut the door behind her and her sons, and they brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. <laughs> That's awesome. What did she do? She did what the prophet told her to do that God told him to do. She obeyed. I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know how I'm going to get one little jar of oil, and it's going to fill up, who knows, maybe over 100 jars. I don't know how it's going to work. But the prophet said, go in your house, shut the door, you and the boys, and start pouring the oil. And she obeyed, and what happened? Can you just imagine? You're like, get the next jar, son. Get the next jar, son. It's not stopping. Get the next jar, son. Could you imagine what the feeling she had? Get the next jar, son. Get the next one. It's still going. Get the next one. And then finally, one of the boys says, Mom, we're out. We got no more jars. What happened to the oil? It stopped. 
If she had gotten two jars, when would it have stopped? Two jars. If she got a million jars, when would it have stopped? (laughs) Why aren't you asking God for the big thing? But he leads. Wow. He provides. She doesn't hesitate. She obeys. She keeps pouring. She fills the jars. Hear this clearly. This is from Enduring Word. I thought this was really good. God's powerful provision invites our hard work and never excuses laziness. Right? Could God just have taken care of her debt? He could have dropped coins from the sky and she could have paid the debtors. But what did she have to do? She had to knock on the neighbor's door. She had to go get the jars. She had to bring them in. She had to close the door. She had to get her son. She had to do the pouring. She had to do the work. Sometimes we're just waiting for God to do the thing. And God says, I need you to do the work. So I thought that was a really good reminder of that truth. Are you willing to open up your heart to the miracle that God wants you or wants to perform in you? Are you willing to obey? And I want to say this again because I always need this reminder. Will you do what might seem crazy to other people if God is the one calling you? Will you do the crazy thing? I won't pick on Kimmy. She doesn't, I didn't tell her this ahead of time. But Kimmy has crazy faith, doesn't she, Joe? When she thinks God has told her to do something, is anything going to stop her from doing it? Not even Joe, and he's tried. <laughs> right? She's like, if God said this, honey, we got to do this. I love that about Kimmy's faith. I want that in my own life. If God said it, and I feel like God called me to do it, I'm going for it, right? You guys, we need to develop that kind of desire and that kind of listening ear when we can hear the Lord. And it's not our own invention and not things we want to make up, but when God says, pour the oil, we're going to pour it. So look at God's provision, ultimately verse 7. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil, pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. It's almost like, I told you, right? I'm sure when she came, how do you think she showed up to him? I'd be like, ah, you're not going to believe it. I kept pouring the oil. The boys kept bringing the pots. They got fuller and fuller. Every, it was incredible. And Elisha's like, eh, go sell the oil. You're, you're good. God took care of you. I knew he would. His faith is amazing, isn't it, right? And we should celebrate when the Lord does a miracle like that, right? But we need to ask. We need to work. Again, ultimately, the miracle is that God provides. Not only do her sons avoid slavery, not only does she get to keep them with her, but their future is taken care of, all because she had the simple faith to obey. So four simple questions this morning. Do you have, or statements, four four simple statements. Do you have the faith to obey? First thing I want to challenge you with this morning, in your desperation, turn to the Lord first. Where do you turn first? In my desperation, sometimes I turn to my credit card first, right? I don't know where this is coming from. I guess I just need to borrow a lot more money. In my desperation, I may go and try every medical cure to try to figure it all out. I sometimes turn to the doctor first before I turn to the Lord. In my relationship desperation, I may turn to a coworker or a parent or whatever. I may turn to a trusted friend. But when I do that, why wouldn't I go to the Lord first? 
in your desperation, turn to the Lord first. He may send you to the doctor. He may send you to your parent or your trusted friend. He may send you to where you have to go get alone to do what you need to do, but turn to the Lord first in your desperation, not the last. I think that's important. Do you have faith to obey? Increase your faith when prompted by the Lord. Again, we don't just go get a make up what we want, right? Again, James said that you may consume it upon your lust. That's not what we're talking about. But when the Lord says, I need you to do this, then step out in a big way and increase your faith. When the Lord's prompting, get all the jars you can get. Do you have the faith to obey? Do the work of obedience. And this is where the Lord's really been pushing on me. Don't take the work of the Lord lightly. What's more important, your ministry or your job? Um, by the way, your job could be your ministry, right? Should be your ministry, okay? Be careful that sometimes we set the Lord's work. Well, I'll do a little when I can, but our life should be the Lord's work, and we should not take it lightly. We should work with passion and fervor and seek the mind of the Lord, again, with great faith and step out. And the fourth thing, the last thing here as we think about faith to obey, trust God for his provision. Is the Lord able? Oh, man. You ought to know that from the people in this room. I mean, almost, I look around, almost every, I think every family in this room has a story of God's provision, don't you, right? A story when you didn't know how to do whatever, how you're going to make it, and then the ultimate story of provision is what? I had a debt I could not pay. I was destined for hell. I deserved the wrath of God. He sent his only son who paid my debt and set me free. He provided things that I can provide, and he always does. He is able. Trust him. Trust him. Again, we've got to have that clarity. So when we know he's speaking, we just open our all right, final illustration this morning. It's from Our Daily Bread back in 2008. When Michigan residents Christine Bocamp and Kyle Kramer got married in the spring of 2007, they held a wedding reception that was anything but traditional. Instead of hosting a formal dinner, they held a simple reception at their church where guests were invited to help distribute food to people in need. Again, this is a wedding. In the weeks leading up to their wedding, Christine and Kyle had decided they wanted to begin their marriage with an act of service to Christ. With that goal in mind, they figured out how much money they would have spent on a more extravagant reception, and instead they used that money to purchase 5,000 pounds of food for those in need. The week of the wedding, the couple spread the word that a truck with free food would be at the Vineyard Christian Fellowship. Immediately after they exchanged their vows, Bo Camp and Kramer put on aprons marked bride and groom and joined the wedding guests in distributing food to a hundred neighborhood families. When asked about the charitable act, the happy couple simply said they wanted to bless God for blessing us with each other. That's crazy, isn't it? That's what I'm trying to tell you. When you think about these things, it, we need to think faith in a different way. God may ask you to hand out food at your wedding. He might ask you to build an ark. Talk about crazy, right? Ever seen it rain? Go build an ark. He might ask you to stand up when everybody else bows down. He might ask you to pour some oil. Will you obey in faith? Amen. Let's stand this morning. 
And I can't tell you what God's trying to tell you today, but I have a feeling he's trying to expand your faith. Maybe it's something you've just been trying to do on your own, and now God's reminding you, you need to go to him first. Maybe there's a thing you need to give and you've been putting it off. And you're like, Lord, I can't give that, and you need to give it. It may be a possession, it may be time, it may be a relationship. And the Lord's saying, I need you to give it. And you know faith, in your faith, you need to obey. And then I would challenge you for our own church family here today. I think the Lord is going to ask of us some things this year, but in return, he's going to show us some amazing things. But we've got to open up our hearts and our arms and our voices and our feet and everything that we have that he's given so that we can be obedient to him, that he would be hallowed and we'd be filled with joy. Let's just take a moment here. If you would bow your heads, we're going to pray here for a little bit and have just a moment of quiet, and then we'll sing together. And if you need to come, feel free to come.